What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Hope you are all doing well. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. The Cincinnati Bengals are six and four, right in the thick of the playoff race. And we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover here. We've got um, a lot of news surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals, a lot of news surrounding the AFC North. All four teams are facing off against each other in this division this week. So a big week from a divisional standpoint going forward here. And it is a log jam of a division in terms of overall records and everything like that. Uh, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about from the Bengals perspective, the divisional perspective and stuff going on around the league. I'm going to try and get to all of that in a timely manner. I say that all the time, but I ramble on, but we are going to try and get to that, all of this stuff that we need to get to in a very timely manner and uh, get hopefully maybe some of you are in starting your holiday weekend here, even though it's Tuesday, maybe you've got tomorrow off or a light day tomorrow or what have you. And we're getting you started with some Bengals stuff already. Uh, but Hey, first of all, I hope that all of you do have a, uh, although it's not quite here yet, but I hope that you all have a great Thanksgiving coming up here, whether that's spending it with friends, family, whoever, whomever, Hopefully you have a great Thanksgiving coming up. As usual, this show, you can get it on your favorite audio streamer, whether that is iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones. We are on it as part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, along with Ace and Zim's Orange is the New Black Podcast, Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk and Coach Speak shows that he does. And so go subscribe on your favorite audio streamer. Leave us a review if you could, or a rating if you could, so we know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, all that good stuff. And for our specific show and our specific channel, you can right here in the corner there, you can click that little icon that is our show icon, subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And uh, we bring you a lot. We're bringing you multiple stuff on this show alone. Uh, multiple days a week. I know Ace and Zim and Matt are bringing all kinds of different stuff. So we're we're peppering you with all kinds of different stuff, and hopefully you enjoy what we've what we've got going for you. All right. So uh, by the way, one other thing. I don't know for those in the YouTube chat. Um, I think we've turned on super chat. Uh, I am not really familiar with what this is, um, but it's apparently uh, there's there's a way to. Um, I don't know if you, if you have something extra important to say, um, you can leave some form of a little bit of a monetary thing. And I, I don't know, don't, <laughs> don't feel obligated. It's part of what we can do on our channel. So I just thought we'd try it out, but, um, that's, that's available to you. If you're on other shows, if you've, if you've watched other shows and, uh, seen that function on other shows, we've got that going, I believe on our YouTube channel as well. So let's, let's, Get after it, as they say. Bengals coming off a big 32-13 win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Super bummed I did not go to that game, but that's okay. I had cool family stuff to do here with uh, my parents' birthdays and all that kind of stuff. So it was a good weekend for me back here, but uh, I am a little jealous in terms of the <laughs> some of the pictures and videos and whatnot that I saw. However, here you go. Uh, CincyJungle.com, and this is... The link to the story, the Bengals now hold a playoff spot. They get back into the playoffs with this win over the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, link is in the chats for you there. They hold a spot. I believe it's the sixth spot. So they moved up two spots 
going up here and uh they uh they're, they're right now in in the playoffs if they were to end today now they've got a gigantic game coming up at home against the pittsburgh steelers this week the steelers lost but are still in the playoff picture they've got another one coming up against the chargers another coming up against the chiefs another coming up just onslaught of either teams that are currently in the playoffs or those who uh, are right outside looking in and are needing wins to get in there so a, a treacherous last part of the the schedule for the Bengals, but that bye week seemed to come at the exact right time. Shook off a little rust early in the game and really rode the ground game. Uh, had some timely passes from Joe Burrow, not his best game, but it was really kind of the Joe Mixon show and got the win. And they are currently slated in a playoff spot. As we know, though, that can change week to week. So the Bengals got to take care of their own business, handle their own stuff, and uh, yeah. So they got to they got to take care of their own business in order to stay in the playoffs. Uh, Tyler Boyd, a guy who's had a little bit quieter of a season than we expected, but still a very valuable member of this team. He even though his stats have taken a little bit of a, a hit this year, he feels that these this is, quote, the best Bengals team he has ever been on and. And look back to when Boyd was on the team in 2018. They had a, a decent start to that season. Things fell apart. Marvin Lewis ended up leaving after that year. Um, you know, his his rookie year, 2016, he was they were kind of competitive that year. But um, you know, that's 16 and 17 was were when the wheels were falling off after that bad, bad loss, playoff loss to the Steelers. Uh, here is the link in the live chat for you, though. But Boyd believes that this is the best Bengals team he has been on. Maybe that's just not too big of a stretch here. That is courtesy of Kelsey Conway and others in the Cincinnati media. Um, but he just he's feeling pretty good, despite the fact that his numbers aren't quite the same as they have been uh, over the past couple of seasons. So uh, he'll like like I think most people who have played competitive sports, you'll take the wins over the personal stats most of the time, I would think. And that's kind of, I think what Tyler Boyd is embodying with this, with these quotes here. And I think a lot of, a lot of guys are excited. He was the team's leading receiver only had 49 yards uh, last week, but had a couple of timely first downs, clutch first downs for this team. So I uh, was the team's leading receiver in terms of catches and yards last week, but wasn't saying much when there was just about 150 total passing yards in the game. So um, that's, uh, a little bit from Tyler Boyd saying some positive things, some really positive things about the Cincinnati Bengals and this 2021 team. Here you go. The snap count. I, I try, I will try not to spend too much time on this, but I do always find it to be a really unique, um, really unique kind of look at things. Uh, the starters played a lot. Um, and I think part of that, you know, you've got Davis Gaither on IR, you've got others, on, you know, that are hurting a little bit, but overall the Bengals, um, I mean, they were, they were working with the, the, the people who brought them to the dance, so to speak, uh, who got them to that, that then fine five and four record. You've got Trey Hawkins playing hundred percent of the snaps. Mike Hilton playing 94% of them had a couple of nice tackles in that game. Chidobia Wuzie, nice game from him, all 100% of the snaps. You'd see here. It's easy for the easier for the defense to play all 100% of the snaps when there's only 47, uh, a very, very lopsided game in terms of total plays run by both teams. So Eli Apple had his strongest game close to 90 in terms of an overall PFF score for him. So a great week, 
for him, got his first interception in a couple of years. So uh, good to see him playing well there. You see Trey Hendrickson getting 87% of the snaps, did have a sack fumble at the end of the game. Cam Sample only 9% of the snaps. Not much of an effect in this one. Hubbard getting 85% of the snaps, a great game from him. Probably the most consistent defensive player, I guess, aside from Eli Apple based on the PFF score, but um, Hubbard was in there making a lot of plays. Wyatt Ray, only 4% of the snaps. Khalid Kareem saw him in there for seven snaps. Reader in there for just 51%. Ogan Joby, 81%. So Ogan Joby playing a lot. Tupo, 19%. BJ Hill, 53%. So they were mixing and matching those defensive, interior defensive linemen as they like to do. Logan Wilson, 96% of the snaps. Jermaine Pratt, a little bit surprising, 68%. And I say it's surprising because if you look at Marcus Bailey only getting 6% of the snaps. And then, you know, you've got Davis Gaither on IR. You just kind of thought Pratt would be leaned on a little heavier there, but they wanted to do different things in the secondary. They wanted to do different things personnel wise along the defensive line. And so Pratt wasn't a huge part of what they were doing. All of the linemen playing a hundred percent of the snaps. You see Isaiah Prince, the new Dennis Roland, ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Prince, Mr. Tackle eligible six snaps good for eight percent and uh, it's that old jumbo package we saw the Bengals use it with Dennis Rowland we saw him use it with Eric Winston at times and now they are rolling it out there with Isaiah Prince just to really hammer a defense and extra offensive lineman there Burrow of course playing 100 percent of the snaps Mixon playing 72 percent to P Ryan's 15 Chris Evans only getting 10 snaps out there uh you kind of hope that that starts ticking up a little bit there but hey Mixon's being effective P Ryan uh, he's hit and miss, but at times he's he's very effective. You see the safeties playing 100% of the snaps, uh, and then Higgins playing 80%, Morgan playing 16%. No, uh, no snaps for Tate, who was held out of this one, paving the way for a few snaps from Mike Thomas, who did have a nice catch in the game there. Boyd playing 70% of the snaps. So that is the snap count for the Cincinnati Bengals against the Raiders there. Uh, here is the link. I put that in the live chats for you as well. So you can check that out on cincyjungle.com. Let's get to some snapshot tweets if you don't mind. And I always like giving these to give a, you know, a look as to what, how things are going from a PFF perspective and other, uh, beat writers and whatnot that cover the team. Here is PFF Cincinnati Bengals at at PFF underscore Bengals, the highest graded Bengals through 10 games that have a minimum of 250 snaps. DJ Reader, your highest ranked Cincinnati Bengal by PFF metrics. Joe Burrow, your second. Joe Mixon, your third. Jamar Chase, your fourth. Jadobia Wuzie, your fifth. And Wuzie at 75.4, Chase at 76.9, Mixon at 81.3. I've said this multiple times before as we have this, we reference this a lot. It's always nice to see these five or a co- some combination of a couple of others. But when DJ Reader got a huge contract, Joe Burrow's your franchise quarterback, Joe Mixon, you paid him handsomely as a running back, which wasn't always a popular opinion to give a running back a second contract. Jamar Chase, your number five overall pick. Jadobia Wuzie, another free agency addition. When when these are kind of high-profile additions to your team, and those are your five best performers from a PFF and metric perspective, you, you like to see that. 
you like to see that. So that is from PFF Cincinnati Bengals at PFF underscore Bengals. Um, giving us the breakdown of your top five performers on the Bengals from a PFF perspective so far this season. Here is a, a good, nice reflection, I guess. I, at first, it kind of take it had me taken aback a bit, but now I, I understand. You know, I, I, a second later, I understood the context, and you'll see why this is from Lance McAllister, one of the most popular Cincinnati media members in the town talking, just kind of reflecting on where we are and where we were one year ago today. Of course, he sent this out on the 22nd, which uh, was yesterday. One year ago today, Joe Burrow's season was ended. And you see that picture, unfortunately, of let's let's zoom in, I guess, if we got to if we got to have this one, Joe Burrow on the cart there being consoled by his uh, his brothers in arms. One year later, the Bengals are six and four and in the playoff hunt. He's completed 68.3% of his passes, 21 touchdowns, 2645 in terms of yards, 2,645 for a rating of 101.6 and over 100 rating coming off of a knee injury, still basically just outside of a rookie season based on amount of games played at this point and looking like a savvy veteran. And even when it's not going overly well for Joe Burrow in the offense, they're still getting it done, and and I referenced this on the post-game show. Burrow wasn't on point. The offensive line was a little inconsistent, though they got a lot of push in the run game. Um, you know, the, the receivers were having trouble getting open. There was just kind of a myriad of issues. Yet, when the Bengals needed, absolutely, they, they clung to a lead, and when they absolutely needed a nail-in-the-coffin touchdown drive from the offense, they responded and left just about five minutes on the on the game clock for the Raiders to respond. Obviously the Raiders really fell apart Two turnovers back to back um, by committed by them. But I mean, at that point, you know, the Bengals weren't getting into the end zone really. And, and at that point, you know, the, the, the touchdown from Burrow to chase in that methodical 12 play drive that Burrow engineered, got them that, that nail in the coffin. So even when things aren't perfect or going all that great, for Burrow in the offense, he is still getting it done. They are still getting it done for the most part. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. As I mentioned earlier, get this show on your favorite audio streamer via the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. You can subscribe to that. Leave us a review if you could. And if you like the video format, you can check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. We're going to keep steamrolling on here with more Bengals news here. Here's a, a, some nice stats courtesy of Jay Morrison. Great guy and great coverage guy from The Athletic. Updated Bengals rankings. Total offense, their 14th. Rush offense, their 22nd. Pass offense, their 12th. Scoring offense, they are 9th. I, I love when when people smarter than me do do homework for me. I mean, it's just like, it's the best Thank, Thanks Jay. Uh, total defense tied for 15th. Look at the rush defense fifth overall. What a difference a year makes in that regard. What a difference. Sam Hubbard is playing excellent against the run DJ reader and his, him being back is providing a huge push. The other defensive interior defensive lineman having Josh Tupo back. Uh, even if it's a rotational, limited rotational basis, these are guys all making a difference in, in the rush defense. They are 26th in pass defense. I will say that's a little bit skewed because there are so many games in which they have been ahead by multiple scores. You look at the Steelers game, you look at the Ravens game, you look at this Raiders game. 
they have been, uh, you know, some of their wins have been blowouts. So that that's a lot of garbage time, pass yards, so to speak, uh, that that's reflecting the pass defense and scoring defense. They are ninth um, and they're they're tied for 21st and turnover differential. So good stuff by Jay to relay all of those stats. Always helpful to get a barometer on stuff. Uh, we're going to transition in a minute to what's going on uh, in the game that the Bengals have coming up here. But th- I thought these were nice videos here. Um, a couple of tweets from Marissa Contepelli that uh, the Bengals are out and about right now uh, in the community, uh, or they were at least earlier Earlier on Tuesday. You can see Jamar Chase. He is out there giving turkeys to families for Thanksgiving. Um, so he's, he, you know, he's out there doing all kinds of cool stuff. That's Jamar Chase with a, a pretty legit sweatsuit there. That looks, that looks uh, very, very stylish and cozy for sure. And you see the Houday mascot back there. So pretty cool. You see Jamar Chase, the rookie, getting in the community. And I believe the other one that uh, I saw here, this is DJ Reader out there doing some stuff. Again, from Marissa Contepelli, I'll share this here. Uh, DJ Reader out there doing stuff. So really, really cool. Uh, he's got the red hat, Reds hat on there. That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, giving out giving out Thanksgiving meals, not full turkeys like Jamar Chase, but giving out prepackaged meals um, to those in need. So, uh, very, very cool. And, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta respect the Bengals doing community work. This is look, there's been a, there's been a lot of criticism with Zach Taylor. There's been a lot of questions with Zach Taylor and when's this thing going to come together. It is finally looking like it is coming together as the Bengals are six and four and in the wild card race. But look, there's there's one thing that he has consistently preached, and that is character, character, character. You see that on display here, but you know where else you see it? The Bengals are the least penalized team in the NFL. And I think that that is very notable based on the team that they play this week. And if you reflect back to that week three first matchup against the Steelers, Steelers, they were trying, the Pittsburgh Steelers were, were trying to goad the Bengals into penalties many times their old rosters would fall for it and they would get the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties they would get the late hit penalties they would get the stuff whereas a team like the Steelers would get away with it um and, and so the first time around at least the Bengals didn't fall for that kind of stuff there was a lot of late hit late, a lot of chippiness type of stuff and now this there just seems to be a bit more like hey whatever we're just going to beat you on the scoreboard and so they need to really harness that again this week coming up here. But in terms of the leadership, you are seeing it not only with the the sights and sounds from a lot of different players, you're not, you're seeing it in these Thanksgiving food giveaways to the community, but you're also seeing it on the field in the form of penalties lack thereof. They're the least penalized team. And just a separate side note. I know we talk about the offensive line as an imperfect unit, one of the areas that they have improved greatly just from one year ago is, is penalties, false starts, holds, all that kind of stuff. Way, way improved. So, yeah, there may be marginal improvement in terms of overall PFF scores, overall performance from the offensive line from a big picture perspective. But if you look at just the, the lack of penalties that derailed so many drives over the past few years from the offensive line, that is being kept at a minimum. It really is. Uh, and when the Bengals are the, the the least penalized team in the NFL, that that says something for you. So I see Brian McHugh 
the play discipline has been the best from any Bengals team I've ever watched. Most impressive. I like the, uh, the Darth Vader little most impressive there at the end. Uh, let's go to what in transition as the Bengals look to host the Steelers this week, they, uh, there's a couple pieces of news going on here and this is, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one, but the Bengals are favored to sweep the Steelers for the first time since 2009. Holy moly. Uh, I, I think part of it has to do with the second one being at home. The Bengals obviously being six and four, the Bengals obviously beating the Steelers in Heinz field by multiple possessions earlier this year, but the Bengals are favored to sweep the Steelers for the first time since 2009. What is the line? Uh, the Bengals opened as a pick in the Raiders game, but, uh, right now they are, uh, let's see. Three point five, 3.5 point favorites, three and a half point favorites at home. So basically it's a near pick them, but, uh, I mean, it, it pick them based on the fact that, you know, the home team usually gets about two and a half to three points as, as a, as an advantage, but, uh, yeah, three and a half point favorites over the Steelers. There you go. Uh, place your bets, I guess. Bet responsibly though, I guess. And what a segue because before we continue with a little bit more Bengals news and AFC North news, I want to tell you guys about Symbol and the promo we have going with them for our listeners. If you go to Symbol.com, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com backslash OBI, and you sign up with their product, you can get a 90-day money-back guarantee that covers up to $500 for you. You got to use the promo code OBI. Symbol is where you buy teams like they are stocks. And it doesn't have to be the Cincinnati Bengals. It doesn't even have to be NFL. They've got other sports in there. You can go in there and invest in a team, much like you would the stock market. Invest in a team that you have either long-term belief in or you feel like you can turn it around and make a quick, quick, good amount of money there. You can go and do that. The good news is, if for some reason you are not successful in your stock trading with Symbol, they're, pretty, they're so confident that you will be that they are covering up to $500 of your money. If you sign up and use the promo code OBI, that gets covered in the first 90 days. So you got to go check out Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com slash OBI. Use the promo code OBI, get started. And uh, you're playing with house money, essentially up to 500 bucks. So you got to you gotta check it out. You got to take advantage. Good stuff from Symbol. We are immensely value their partnership and uh we're we're glad to be partnering with them through the regular season all right so we're going to transition into from Bengals into Bengals slash Steelers we've been kind of doing that a little bit so I don't know if anybody watched the game on on Sunday night I'm sure some of you did given the fact that it was two teams that are on the Bengals schedule coming up here and it's the Pittsburgh Steelers Cam Hayward had a really odd moment in this game wherein he he tackled Justin Herbert. Guys were trying to put – he was kind of lingering on top of Justin Herbert. Guys were trying to pull him off, and then he he fights the guys off kind of. I'll see if we've got the video linked in this. Uh, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, here we go right here. So you can kind of see – We'll play it here on cincyjungle.com. This is for uh, at Fojo, F-A-U-X-J-E-O-J-E-A-U-X on Twitter. You can see here, 
We'll, we'll play it again for you. He he tackles Herbert. He kind of stays there. He's guys are dude, get up. He's pushing guys off, and then he turns them over, and he like I I don't know what you would call that semi body slam punch. I don't know what you would call that. Then he clarifies it's not as bad as it looked. I wasn't trying to hit him. I wasn't trying to do anything. I mean, he spins him over and and drops on him. Some people are saying, well, he's pushed from a lineman from behind. I don't know. It looks bad. Regardless, the league is sticking up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they are reviewing the 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 play for a fine. I haven't heard definitively if he's gotten fined yet at this point, but he will not be suspended, thus being available for the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Cam Hayward's an excellent football player. Excellent football player. But that's the type of stuff that the Steelers do. They largely get away with it. And the Bengals need to expect that this kind of stuff is going to happen this week. They, it's going to happen with, I would assume, somewhat regularity. And they need to be prepared to bypass it and, and and not let it snowball into penalties or stupid plays that negatively hurt them. So uh, at any rate, I, I'm a little blown away at the lack of discipline or the lack of just kind of, I, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of other teams, Not I'm not just victim playing victim and saying the Bengals, but it just feels like a lot of other teams would have been more harshly penalized by the league than, than what is apparently happening with Cam Hayward and the Steelers. So at any rate, Devin Bartholomew saying, uh, who day from Louisiana? Who day Devin? Good to see you, bud. Um, Derek, Derek Farote here says, uh, just your typical Steeler behavior. 100%. Yeah, Keela the Great here, that should have been an ejection. Totally. I, I, I don't know how he kept playing in that game. If you didn't want to suspend him going forward, okay. But he shouldn't have been playing in that game from there on. And then, oh, by the way, he forces a big a big uh, turnover shortly after that. <laughs> so, um, okay. This is on Steelers.com. And this is just a little bit of an injury report as things are going Tuesday afternoon. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Joe Hayden all expected to return this week. The Steelers did not have TJ Watt last time. Uh, he had, I believe it was a groin injury this, this time coming. And I can't remember what it was the first time around, maybe a back injury or something like that. Um, but I think he had a, a groin injury. Uh, so he appears to be back. Means Mika Fitzpatrick is uh, is going to be back, and so is Joe Hayden. So last time we heard quite a bit about uh, of excuses that uh, you know Steelers didn't have all their guys. They didn't have Highsmith. They didn't have Watt. They didn't. Okay, yeah, they, you you didn't have a couple of their guy your guys, but um, you were at home. You had your quarterback. So at any rate, we'll see what happens and what kind of a difference that makes this week going forward. Rough week, rough couple of weeks. Well, not rough couple of weeks, actually, because, um, you know, a few weeks ago, the Browns beat up on the Bengals. But questions are lingering about Baker Mayfield. They get torched by the New England Patriots, and then they follow it up with a barely eke out win over the D Detroit Lions. Man, the Lions can't buy a win to save their life here. Uh, but he is, Baker Mayfield is he hearing the heat along with 
this article on clevelandbrowns.com from Anthony Poisel saying uh, Baker Mayfield sets his sights on the Ravens and committed to advancing the Browns offense. The quote there was, when we do our job and we do it well, we're a really good team. But as in indicative of their record, they are very Jekyll and Hyde, and so is Mayfield. Um, he is dealing with a slew of injuries. So, I mean, that's a, a really, you know, that's a, a big reason why there are so many issues there. But regardless, uh, he's he's also hearing the boos from the, the home crowd. Uh, that seems to be getting to him. The injuries are getting to him. Um, so, you know, the, the Browns have a lot of things to figure out. They were one of the AFC favorites this year. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they're just up and down. And unfortunately for the Bengals, when one of the times they were up is against them, and the Bengals seem to yet have an answer to to consistently beat Baker Mayfield and beat the Browns. They need to generate pressure and and throw off that run game. Really, the the worst performance against the run this year was was against Cleveland. And so, um, I mean, you see the the Bengals there; they were number five against the run. So uh, that's uh, where where Mayfield's head is at going into this week. Um, and they take on the Baltimore Ravens for a huge, huge game coming up here. They open as four-point underdogs uh, against the Ravens on Sunday night football. So they, um, they're they underdogs in this one, and this should be a battle here for sure between the Browns and the Ravens there. Um, you can see that there's just not a lot of confidence from Vegas in the, in the Browns at this point, based on what we've seen the past couple of weeks from them. By the way, that one was on dogs by nature, the SB nation sister site of our Cincy jungle website. So go check that out. Um, Ravens, since we just talked about them, they are, they made a couple of moves to their practice squad here. This is on BaltimoreRavens.com. Added three players. And you see those players are Jared Jones Smith, Kenji Bahar, and cor- cornerback Kevin Tolliver. So um, they, a couple of offensive moves and, uh, one defensive move. It's been a kind of an up and down year in the, in the secondary for the Ravens, particularly when they played the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Trace McSorley, who was on the practice squad of Baltimore was uh, snatched up by the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, they needed to make a corresponding move there. So uh, at any rate, he went to Monmouth university did Bahar. So you don't hear that name very often in the NFL, but uh, set school records and touchdown passes, passing yards and 300 yard games. So it's got some talent. Uh, they're going to try and mine it out on the practice squad there. Now, this one was interesting. This is more speculative along with NFL news. This is on Baltimore Beatdown. And I'll put that in the live chat as well. Baltimore Beatdown is again, part of the SB Nation network. Um, and so the Texans kind of blending NFL news with Ravens news, the Texans released Philip Lindsay, a guy who had a couple of nice years with the Denver Broncos bounced around a little bit, uh, and was on the Texans. The Texans are a mess, even though they grabbed a crazy win against the Tennessee Titans this last week. Um, Lindsay was released and based on the running back carousel, that the Baltimore Ravens have engaged 
in this year because of injuries, because of veteran ineffectiveness, all kinds of different things. Lindsay seems to be a guy that would be a perfect fit for them. We'll see what happens there, but uh, they, the, you know, the the folks over at Baltimore Beatdown are talking about Philip Lindsay being a perfect fit for the Ravens, both for need and scheme and all kinds of different things. So um, that is what's going on in the division here. We'll talk a, a little bit more about um, some NFL stuff and then bounce on out of here. We are we're getting this thing a little more streamlined here. We've got uh, a few more minutes that we will be here going through all kinds of different stuff. This, I always feel icky about sharing this kind of stuff, but Bears coach Matt Nagy, report of post-Thanksgiving firing not accurate. A report came out saying that basically his seat is hot um, and people want him gone. Uh, I guess it was from patch.com that uh, people believe that he is going to be fired after the, the Thanksgiving game. And I think that maybe coincides, I could be wrong, uh, maybe with a bye week or maybe just the fact that it would be a longer break. But you've got not, you're not getting much out of Justin Fields, your first round pick, and Matt Nagy is supposed to be, you know, this offensive mind. Um, you're getting up and down from Andy Dalton, uh, and, and you're sitting with three wins right now and, and a couple of losses that really, you know, you look at this, the one against Baltimore at home. You have to go back to your backup quarterback and Andy Dalton, but for the entire game, the Bears were facing the Ravens' backup quarterback there because Lamar Jackson was out sick. And so, you know, when you lose a game like that, this just doesn't—it uh, doesn't resonate well. So um, we'll see what happens. He's—he shot down the report, but um, you know, it's just like ugh, when. <laughs> When coaches are going through this kind of stuff, you don't envy them. And it's, you know, it's obviously hard for them to talk about frustrating. So I feel bad, but more kind of icky news. The New York giants fired Jason Garrett, their offensive coordinator. Of course, Jason Garrett's a long time Dallas Cowboys head coach had some success there, but um, has not had the same success with Daniel Jones and this offense. So, out is Jason Garrett, and guess who steps in? That would be Freddie Kitchens is stepping in um, now with him to uh, – with Jason Garrett out of the picture. Um, Kitchens, of course, was the, the Cleveland head coach, uh, took over late in, in – in, uh, gosh, what was that, 20, 2018? Took over late, late in 2018, was the coach 2019, I believe, and then – was fired and then they brought in Stefanski and obviously things turned around there. But um, look, uh, Kitchens has taken over. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I heard an interesting perspective here from uh, Colin Cowherd on his show earlier today. And basically the, the perspective was this, the Garrett firing, ironically, and he didn't come out and say it this way, but this is how I was interpreting his his thing, but the Garrett firing essentially kind of is a, is a way for them to gauge Daniel Jones. And what, what I mean by that is it's like, well, okay. Was it Jason Garrett? That's the problem. Or was it Daniel Jones? That's the problem. Maybe even both. Uh, and they kind of made Jason Garrett the scapegoat because they need to figure out if Daniel Jones is their quarterback of the future or not. Um, top pick, a guy that a lot of people felt was a reach when they picked him as high as they did. 
Uh, he's had some decent stats, but he's just not winning games. The team isn't winning games. Uh, and there are just big games wherein he just, Jones just doesn't look that great. Um, so it kind of, you, you got to figure that this is both, hey, okay, there's probably some issues with Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator, but this is maybe more, a little bit more of an indictment on Daniel Jones and the uncertainty there. So it, it, we're going to have to see what happens this off season with, with a guy like Daniel Jones. And if he's going to, uh, uh, if he's going to come back with, with the team or not. Um, I know I, I noticed the, the sun is at a very weird angle in this room. I've got one, I've got two windows in this room. So when someone Rob Duncan's saying, I'm, I'm trying to make like a shadowy silhouette deal, I unintentional. I've got two windows in this room. One has a set of blinds on it, and one is a circular one where the sun, depending on the, the year and the time of day, it beats in here and it makes some weird lighting. But uh, it looks like I'm on like a, a stage, like a big spotlight behind me or something. Anyway, uh, this is why you have to also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're an audio listener. You get to actually see these things that I'm talking about instead of listen to me narrate them. But um do the auto, audio too. Download them. It's good. All right. couple more. We're going to bounce out. Uh, the, oh boy, the Jets. And, I, oh man, I still cringe about how the Bengals lost to this team. But Zach Wilson is going to be back after a knee injury. He is going to start at QB for the Jets this week. Um, so he is back. Joe Flacco, Mike White are both on the COVID-19 list. So it's Zach Wilson or bust this week, and they get to play the Texans. Boy, what a barn burner of a game that is. Jets versus Texans. Holy moly, Zach Wilson coming back. He's got a lot to prove. Um, So would have made that game a little interesting, a little more interesting for the Bengals, maybe even been more positive for him, but I don't know. But having Zach Wilson go up against Joe Burrow, that storyline, but didn't happen. This is on NFL.com, but it's, it's also around all kinds of different news wires. But Zach Wilson's going to start at quarterback for the Jets against the Texans. Flacco and Mike White are both on the COVID-19 list. So that is what's going on there. Before we get to power rankings to close it up, some news came across on Tuesday afternoon. The NFL announced schedule updates wherein we thought, and this is directly from the NFL communications page here, uh, I got I got an email alert from it, so I clicked the link that they provided on that there. But essentially, um, you know, we thought that the Chargers-Bengals game would be one that would be flexed to Sunday night, would be flexed to maybe later, stays put, and all it does is move to CBS. Two of the marquee quarterbacks in the league, right, and a young marquee quarterbacks in the league, you're they're in the same draft class. The teams are in similar positions in terms of playoff runs. Um, and they forego it for Denver at Kansas City. Obviously, they just feel that the viewership for Denver and Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes are gonna they're gonna drive viewership. Denver has one of the strongest fan bases in the NFL. Still, I, I think yeah, I mean we could be proven wrong, but uh I, I think that, that would have been a marquee matchup to have at that point in time, particularly if those teams win um, there. So at any rate, a couple of others uh, in week 15, um, Vegas at Cleveland, we played at 4.30 p.m. Um, That's a Saturday. New England and Indianapolis, also Saturday evening. 
and then just some others in the, you know, kind of interconference games and or NFC games getting switched around on week 15 Sunday. So um, unfortunately the Bengals will not be, or maybe if you're a superstitious type and you didn't want the Bengals to um, here, here we go. It's real dark again. Um, if you want the, if you wanted the Bengals to not participate in prime time, then uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's better for you. All right. Uh, let's finish up here with the, some power rankings courtesy of CBS Sports and Pete Prisco. Pete Prisco is always a guy that can be very, very kind to the Bengals a lot of times, but sometimes he does not hold back criticism when he when he knows that there are <laughs> points and flaws to pick out for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so you've got your synopsis here. He's got the Patriots surging up. Uh, so they the Patriots are at seven. And this is Pete Prisco's rankings here. He's got the Cardinals back up on top, moving up three spots. He's got the Rams moving up four spots on a bye week. Okay. Uh, he's got the Packers dropping two. He had them number one at number three. He's got the Titans at four. They dropped two, uh, two spots. Buccaneers moving up two. They they won on uh, Monday night there. Ravens, he's, they, he's got them at six, moving up two spots. Patriots at seven, as I mentioned. Chiefs at 8, Chargers at 9, Colts at 10, Bills at 11, Cowboys at 12, Bengals are at 13, and he's got the two teams in the AFC North right behind him. I find it a little awkward that a team that has one more win than the Cincinnati Bengals and a team that lost at home by multiple touchdowns by the Cincinnati Bengals, they're at 6, and the Bengals are all the way down to 13, but whatever. Uh, the synopsis, they came out of their bye with an impressive road victory against the Raiders. That's the Bengals we saw in October, a team that can certainly be a playoff team. The synopses for the Steelers and Browns, respectively. For Pittsburgh, the injuries on defense crippled them against the Chargers. The good news is the offense showed some life in the passing game. And for Cleveland, they still aren't playing well, but at 6-5, and five, they are doing enough to stay in the playoff hunt. They face a huge division game with the Ravens this week. So there you go. I, and quite honestly, it's hard to decide who you want in that game because in, in the Cleveland Baltimore game, because Bengals win Ravens win all of a sudden Cleveland gets Cleveland and Pittsburgh start to kind of fall down the divisional standings and, and maybe a little bit further out of the playoff picture. Cleveland wins, um, you know, they're in it, but it also helps, you know, if the Bengals win, that helps the Bengals get on top of the division there. I, I don't know. There's a lot of variables there. Always tough. And, and this division is a muddied mess right now. So um, go figure. At any rate, that is going to do it for us on this week's Happening Headlines. I'm Anthony Cazenza from CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you guys dealing with, with my silhouette here on, on YouTube. I got to probably figure out a different time of day to do this. If this is how this is going to be after the time change and all that kind of stuff, regardless, good to see all of you. Thank you for the, the comments for tuning in live for downloading after the fact, appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow night. We are slated to have Tim McGee, former Bengals wide receiver and current coverage man of the team set to join us uh, at, at eight 30. So we'll get that going for your pre Thanksgiving warm up and and we'll have a lot more stuff this week going forward so looking forward to that thanks everybody for tuning in take it easy 
And if we don't see you or, or you don't hear from us until after Thanksgiving, have a good Thanksgiving. And I just want to give a quick happy birthday, Nixon, to my youngest son. His birthday is today. One year old for the little guy. So uh, happy birthday, Nixon. Take it easy, everybody.